0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Fiber Broadband Association's Fiber for Breakfast. We're now in our 16th episode of 2022. Before we kick off, I'd like to thank the sponsors of Fiber for Breakfast, including our gold sponsors, CHR Solutions, Millennium and Plume, and our silver sponsor, Graybar. You know, we are now 26 days away from NTI issuing the $42.45 billion BEED NOFA, the Notice of Funding Opportunity. You know, this week, the Fiber Broadband Association is sending a letter to House Energy and Commerce Committee highlighting the latest facts and stats on all fiber deployment in the U.S. The committee has been very vocal in encouraging NTI to prioritize fiber, but they're taking some fire from the wireless and cable industry. You know, yesterday, we held our regional fiber connect workshop in Providence, Rhode Island, and we had a great turnout. It was wonderful to hear from local leaders such as the Lieutenant Governor Matos, uh, Daniela Fairchild, who's Access the State Broadband Director, Michael Lynch, the broadband guy over at the City of Boston, and a special thank you for an engaging and passionate closing keynote from State Representative Deb Gujuro. We had a number of great panels and discussions. What a fantastic event. Our next big event will be in Nashville. From June 12th to 15th for Fiber Connect 2022. Our annual conference is shaping up to be the top event in the industry this year with over 200 speakers and over 170 sessions. Uh, it's going to be absolutely amazing. So, if you haven't registered, uh, you need to do, do it so really quick because we are going to sell out much quicker than we did last year. After Nashville, we'll be heading up to Nate's area to copper mountain resort in colorado on august 23rd and then we're in columbus ohio on november 3rd um i don't know what's going on in columbus but um we're getting a lot of interest in that event so um, i think they're excited about broadband in ohio so we're going to see you there um, but speaking of colorado today's fire for breakfast session we're going to focus on an initiative to create an open out uh, excuse me an open access middle mile transport network to support the unserved and underserved communities in Northwest and Western Colorado. This morning, we'll be discussing Western Colorado Elevate Broadband. Last week at Fire for Breakfast, we spoke with Stephen Brandy, the general manager of Ozarks Go on the role of rural broadband for Ozarks Go. You know, Stephen shared with us an uh, electric utility success in connecting Arkansas and the Ozarks area with fiber broadband. This morning, we had the pleasure to speak with Nate Wallowitz the Regional Broadband Program Director for Northwest Colorado Council of Governments on Western Colorado's Region Elevates Broadband. Nate will share with us their plans to leverage the additional grant funding they received from the state to invest in the middle mile and how this investment will elevate the region's ability to support last mile providers' goals to deliver fiber broadband to more unserved and underserved rural communities. You know, Nate Wallowitz is an innovative, Telecommunications and Technology Program Executive and serves as a Regional Broadband Program Director for the Northwest Colorado Council of Governments, the NWSCCOG, I think that's a six letter acronym. Uh, Since 2014, his technical advisory services to local governments have led to deployments of broadband to underserved and unserved areas, bringing over $37 million in matching grants to Northwest Colorado community broadband projects. Most recently, the NWCCOG was previously awarded $1 million matching grant to build an open access, resilient middle mile network across 10 counties in Northwest Colorado. This funding has been supplemented by an additional 5.5 million in state grant funding to continue this extension to interconnect two existing publicly owned open access middle mile transport networks for the benefit of many Colorado communities west of Denver. You know, prior to the NWSCCOG, Matt spent years consulting to industry and governments providing innovative business solutions in IT, wireless deployments, terrestrial networks, and applications, including developing public safety communication solutions and standards. He has started his career in telecommunications with world-class corporations, including Avant-Garde Computing, Southwestern Bell, and Wildfire Communications. With all that, welcome Nate. And for our audience, please type in your questions as we go, and we'll um, discuss those during the Q and A session. So with that, I'll turn it over to Nate.
1: Thanks, Gary. Good morning to you, and good morning everyone. Great to be here and uh, talk to you a little bit about some of the solutions that we're applying in Colorado um, to help. Um, to help solve our broadband connectivity problems. how we got here, multiple outages across the region, um, single fiber cuts taking down dozens of communities at the same time just because of the architecture of of the network of legacy providers. Of course, it impacts government, schools, businesses, public safety. One of the one of the best stories in our region um, is back in 2012, uh, one of our counties got interested in broadband because ranchers started to call their county commissioners because there was a fiber cut, and they could not trade cattle. So, from rural to ski towns to mining to just uh, to uh, farming, everybody needs broadband, and it became very clear very quickly that we needed to find some way to bridge. Um, to bridge the uh, digital divide here uh, west of denver you know some of these realities and we actually got started some of our communities started doing some uh, wireless to the home initiatives in 2005 to 2009 in 2012 we joined together as a region to, under the northwest Cog because it was brought to our um, our board from county commissioners and and Town professionals that they really needed help figuring out how we solve broadband problems in Colorado. Probably not much different than uh, some of your communities. Each community is unique, and we have we each have unique needs. Some need fiber. Some some communities are spread out over over 40 square miles, 50 square miles, um, where there's more cattle and elk. Um, than population in, in the uh, in the community. So kind of a, a unique set of interests and a unique set of needs. And we discovered that not only local broadband solutions were needed, um, but we needed a regional solution to help resolve our common problems and to help deliver broadband for um, last mile ISPs to come in and, and fix our our problems in our communities. Next slide. We, our program is middle mile focused, with with support for local communities. We also support we support last mile ISPs, whether the the ISP be a community or the ISP being a uh, a not for profit, uh, a rural electric co-op, or just a public small company that uh, wants to wants to make a difference. Um, we tailor our local solutions. And of course, the goal for all of us um, who are are on this uh, webinar today is to close the broadband gap in more communities. So we created Project Thor. By the way, Thor stands for nothing. I just like the imagery of Thor wielding his hammer, pounding out a solution, and being the defender of the small community and the small folks um, in our communities. it was a working name when we started, just kind of stuck. Um, so our network, our little open access, middle mile network, and all we are is transport. Um, we have other providers come in and provide um, actual internet access. And Dia is nine counties. We we currently provide service to 16 towns and cities. Um, we serve again. We serve local ISPs. Over the past three years of operation, we've seen an increase in traffic as more and more people jump on our network because we are resilient. Um, you'll note that the network design is a bit of a loop, is a loop, and what we've done is we've created a number of concentric loops so that even places like Aspen and Breckenridge uh, and Walden that and Rangeley that are the very end. Of anybody's telecom fiber networks um, have a resilient connection. And so if one connection drops, we can pick back up and no one ever knows that. No one ever knows the difference. Um, we continue to fine tune this as we go on. And uh, our network covers 17,121 square miles. We serve almost a quarter of a million people um, with our network. Um, and the density for um, that our population density is kind of low. Um, We're taking this program and merging our network with another network, which is the Region 10 network. Uh, Region 10, for those of you who aren't familiar with Colorado, is on the very, very western edge. Most of these counties actually border on on the state of Utah. So um, pretty far out there. Region 10 has their own fiber network. They cover six counties. Uh, touch 18 communities and have 600 miles of fiber. They are not as resilient as we are. We're gonna help them pick that up. And currently it's challenging for them to get to Denver and get affordable broadband into their community. So by expanding our networks, uh, just first glance at the project, we're gonna gonna connect together the two networks and really uh, make a difference throughout the entire state of Colorado. Statewide perspective, Colorado in the 2020 census, there are now 5.8 million people here. When I moved to Colorado um, 16 and a half years ago, um, we only had two and a half million people. So the population of the entire state is increasing and it's not just the Denver Metro area. So so we have an awful lot of territory to cover um, and an awful lot of folks to serve. So project Thor and region 10 together, more access in more places. Um, We've broken the lock for local communities and help local communities get services that are flexible and dynamic so that the network can grow with their needs. So as their bandwidth requirements increase and their community demand and access requirements increase, they're not just tied to legacy carrier contracts and the limitations that they can provide. And by the way, I will note, The legacy carriers are also our partners because we do buy some fat pipe, uh, 100 gig connections from them to help us get to some of these communities as well because there's not fiber everywhere um, or publicly owned accessible fiber everywhere in our region. We've cut our bandwidth costs um, from $1.10 to under 25 cents a meg. The resilience helps reduce outages. And again, we do support multiple small last mile providers and even medium-sized last mile providers to help to help get broadband to more people and push that last mile further out here's a great eye chart this is what we're looking to do as you can see the entire western half of Colorado um, as we interconnect our our publicly owned um, networks and as we and as we make more agreements with others will not only, um, link the, um, uh, the folks on the Front Range to everyone out in our west slope, western uh, communities and we'll create um, multiple fiber loops across the state. Um, and we've been helped in this effort by, um, by public funding from the state of Colorado Department of Local Affairs in, in doing this. And we're also going to help educational institutions um, on the Front Range University of Colorado, um, uh, Colorado State University, some other large institutions, um, link with our university system and college system out on the western slope of Colorado to help upgrade the educational experience and accessibility to higher education that uh, um, so folks don't necessarily have to leave their communities to be able to access um, these programs in higher education as we move on. So um, what makes Colorado unique from some other places is we have multiple levels of funding that are available for us um, as public entities and also for uh, ISPs. Um, The Department of Local Affairs has a 50-50 grant match program. That's what we use to build Project Thor and the Region 10 Network. Um, Obviously, the ARPA, cpf funds are coming available and uh, the colorado broadband office which has been extraordinarily um, supportive of all of these efforts has helped bring uh, a lot of policy and a lot of legislative initiatives and initiatives and funding initiatives um, to our communities Um, the iija funds we're looking forward to those bead funds CAF funds, RDOF, ReConnect, USDA funds. All of our providers are trying to tap into as much funding as possible because these are smaller communities that don't necessarily have a lot of embedded capital in in their community to be able to do this. And finally, the Colorado Broadband Fund is is specifically directed funds um, for ISPs to deliver last mile solutions. So it's not just that we're saying, okay, we've got the middle mile. Now now it's up to you to um, companies and, and everyone else to connect to the last mile. We're gonna help you do that. So that's part of our, that's part of the um, magic sauce of our funding matrix here in Colorado. We couldn't do this without partnerships. These are Northwest COGS partnerships, some of them, or some of region 10's partnerships and strategies. Um, as as they move forward, and these these this matrix of partnerships is going to continue to expand as we bring the two commun- the two markets together, the very western edge of the state with the mountain central area, and we're going to be their connection back into Denver to help support them. That's it. Thanks, Gary.
0: Well, they, this is really interesting. Um, so tell me about the, you have to go. Where do you guys connect? Where's the major pops to the internet? Is that Denver? And do you, do you have to get all roads go to Denver?
1: All all roads, all roads in Colorado lead to Denver. Um, the the other possible drains for us are Cheyenne, Wyoming, and uh, Salt Lake City, and then to our south, uh, where we can get there is Albuquerque, New Mexico. So is that
0: when you talk about resiliency, so do you, you have those paths in place? To get other, I mean, because obviously um, you get a few. Last time I was there is some forest fires, and uh, you get a little bit of snow and some other challenges. So, what what's your yes. resiliency?
1: Yeah, today we have a connection, um, and our 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 collection of interconnected networks today. We're connected to the uh, Fort Collins Estes Park area. Um, we connected that after um, the wildland fires two years ago. In the middle of the fire, I've got some great pictures, we had some fiber splice techs putting the last of the fiber splices together to support that community. It's also supported them during snowstorms as well that, that have taken out their primary fiber connection. So we connect through them to Cheyenne and um, our future plans once we get connected to Region 10 are to get to Albuquerque and also to Salt Lake City to enhance our matrix.
0: Yeah, no, we have our good friend, Coleman Keane, who is uh, Fort Collins, so yeah. Um, Yeah. So tell me about, so you have your, um, in Colorado, I guess it's called Senate Bill 152, that allows communities like Fort Collins and all along the front range there to be able to stand up community broadband. Is that, you know, of your collection of ISPs that are leveraging your network, you know, is it, what's the mix?
1: All of our communities in Northwest Colorado and also in Region 10, um, in fact most of the state has done a local voter initiative to bypass and opt out of Senate Bill 152. One of the pieces in Senate Bill 152 that was passed in 2005 uh, was that there was an opt-out clause if local communities supported them getting uh the community getting into broadband it just had to go to it just had to go to the voters
0: right so So that's so you you see all on the corridor
1: moved out of the way it's actually frankly gary it's 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 been kind of an interesting tool for us to use because it gets the conversation started in a community
0: so i got a lot i mean there's a ton of questions coming in uh so one is are you building local um ixc Traffic exchanges, and if so, how many? And are you linking them to statewide um, IXC's? So I think that was one of your charts. It, yes, yes, so. and yes
1: to both questions. Um, everywhere our network lands, um, we have a we have our network calls it a meet me center. Uh, the the Region Ten network out on the West Slope calls it a a, a carrier neutral location. Um, We have locations where internet service providers can can come and interconnect to us, and we also support um, community anchors, public safety, public service um, organizations as well. And and yes, we do connect to multiple IXCs in Denver. Any 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 customer that wants to connect to an IXC in Denver, it's 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 a it's a fiber interconnect between the networks away down in Denver, of course
0: well, given um your challenging environment um between you know loveland pass and you know all the snow and the forest fires that you've had, I'm assuming that these are not aerial, but given the you know all the rock, how do you put this into i mean how do you deploying this fiber? It's really expensive
1: <laughs> it's very expensive to bury and um so our fiber deployments—some of them are aerial, some of them are burial. It depends on—it depends even if there are um, if there are poles available, and if a utility and if a utility company um, is able to give us a lease, and if the poles are capable uh, of supporting it in a regional cost um, uh, timeframe and uh, and availability. So it's to both. Uh, We've had fiber outages because of woodpeckers, and we've had fiber outages because of backhoes.
0: And and so the bulk of your right-of-ways are along roadways?
1: Yes, bulk of our right-of-way is is along roadways. Um, One of our partners is the Colorado Department of Transportation. Along some of our major roadways, they have fiber available for us to lease, so we can actually, uh, so we can lease that dark fiber from them and then we put on and, and light it and maintain, and maintain services on that ourselves without having to have the state provide any services beyond just um, maintaining the fiber force and doing break, fix, repair, of course. All right, so one
0: of the questions that came in is, what is your typical cable deployment architecture and how do your goals impact your deployment methods?
1: Oh, call me. <laughs> um, typically typically um, our, our deployment architecture is we will leverage existing resources wherever we can because that's much more cost effective for us. Um, and in local communities, it's a local choice. Some communities are burying fiber. Some of our communities, like Breckenridge and Vale and um, Glenwood Springs and Steamboat Springs and Rio Blanco County are doing buried fiber. Some of them are also extending that by partnering with wireless ISPs to push out to folks who are, who are beyond the practical reach um, and the affordable reach of, uh, of putting fiber in the ground or up in the air. What, how do organiza-
0: organizations interact with the local governments?
1: Or, organization. we have a key contact in each community that you would reach out to in some areas. That contact is me. In some areas, that's the IT director or or a county or town manager um, who's managing that local access uh, the local access point for us.
0: And then, uh, how many successful you know? How many private ISPs are you bringing onto the network?
1: Uh, we currently have. Um, between the two networks, we probably have um, 25 or 30 ISPs um, that are on the network. Um, in the Northwest COG area with Project Thor, um, uh, three counties, in three counties, all the all the ISPs, wireless and wireline, except for the incumbent providers, are all utilizing our network because of the reliability. Of the network and the and the price point that uh, we're able to provide for folks.
0: So, can you provide some examples of the ways that local communities are supporting uh, regional efforts to deliver broadband to the residents? You know, educational institutions, hospitals, businesses,
1: so forth. Uh, sure. Um, uh, in in um, in Route County and Moffat County, which are our two most northern counties um, that we serve, um, there's a rural electric co-op. Uh, Yampa Valley Electric, they have a uh, they have a, a broadband initiative. Um, Luminate is delivering services, uh, and they are building out fiber and and taking more um, more and more funding resources, both their own and matching grant funding, uh, to deploy fiber to the premise. Um, the Steamboat Springs schools actually host the Meet Me Center along with the local governments in Steamboat. Um, and um, we also have a number of smaller ISPs within those communities that are also delivering services on a wireless basis. Um, to that, um, from the hospital perspective, um, in Grand County, which is nearby um, Route County, they're a neighboring county, actually the local hospital district is the Meet Me Center host for those communities. and. Um, they they believe that it's part of their service to the community since they need the broadband access they resell their access bandwidth um, to help serve isps in their community and improve community access overall
0: well steamboat brings back lots of fond memories uh, i think um we went by 25 years in a row take you know our kids to ski every year at steamboat we love that place um well you know Nate, really, thank you so much uh, for the positive impact that you're making on the communities of Colorado. And thanks for sharing your experience and insights with our audience today. Um, Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. We look forward to getting back together next Wednesday. We'll be discussing the US fiber surge in numbers with my good friend, Jeff Heyman, from the Delaro Group. And Jeff, always, has excellent forecast projections, fiber in the home. Um, equipment and he's going to quantify the current and future fiber surge so you're not going to want to miss that we'll see you guys next wednesday thanks again nate